When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast supported by Phantom Bruco. Well, it's hard to believe this, but we've actually managed to go a week without any bad news. It, it, it feels quite, it's, it's quite refreshing. I feel a little bit lighter I feel I've got a bit of bounce in my bones back. I feel like I could go for a run. Okay, I've gone too far there. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, not too bad. I'm all refreshed and uh, ready for more misery this weekend. <laughs> you brought us down straight away there, didn't you? You didn't mess around. You went in. You went, yes, you're having it. <laughs> uh, we can't get too high. Can't, can't get too high. No, no, no. I, yes, well, the reality is there, isn't it? I mean, we've gone, we're getting very close to now nearly a whole year without an away win, which it, it doesn't matter which club you're supporting. That is shocking. <laughs> that is shocking. Yes, that is yeah, it was but, 331 days, I think I saw today. Yeah, very, very close. Yeah, that is scary close. Yeah, because obviously the last one was against Hull City away. Mm. But let's not go down memory lane. Let's talk about the game that is coming up this weekend at Charlton Athletic. But before that, you've obviously spoken to Ruben Sellers today at the presser. What were the main uh, points that you took away from it? Yeah, it was good. He seemed to be just as refreshed as the rest of us. He was on good form, very laughy and jokey. And yeah, he seemed seemed like a man, you know, that was ready to go again. And um, good news with Sam Smith being back in contention to play some kind of role. I think we've We've missed a proper striker who actually physically knows where the back of the net is because as much as everyone loves Kelvin, I love Kelvin, everyone loves Kelvin, he's not consistent enough and, um, you know, the link-up that he has with Nibs will, you know, come invaluable. Kamara, again, uh, he's back from injury now. He's apparently got a bit of a cold, but um, they're hoping he'll be back and fine. But Saturday, um, obviously the annoying news is McIntyre and Ben Day and Boyce Clark still remain out. McIntyre out for up to six weeks, potentially, um, with a muscle injury. Um, which is a shame, but, you know, he coped all right without him um, last two games before the break when he had his concussion. Um, so, yeah, step up for hopefully move Binden back into centre-half, uh, year on back to right-back and have a proper, you know, recognisable back four. Um, and, yeah, other than that, he um, Sellers had confirmed that he'd spoken to William Storey amongst other potential suitors, uh, which was alluded to in the Telegraph. Um so, yeah, in general, it was a relatively quick one. I mean, I was home within the, within the hour, really. Um, but some, yeah, vaguely positive news. Yeah, I think so, apart from the story bit, which um, uh, mm. doesn't fill me with any joy, but there's lots <laughs> of other investors involved, possible investors, sorry, that you've spoken to. So, um, you know, it's all, it's all relative, isn't it? But Sam Smith, that is uh, definitely positive. He's almost become Lionel Messi during his injury period at Reading, hasn't he? So <laughs> I don't know how good he is when he comes in, but he's got a lot of pressure on him and expectation, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, you, you, you said it there. It's, it's, he's a typical case, case of one of those players that's out injured and 
you know, everyone makes makes out he's amazing. It's the same people that keep asking about Ovi Ajaria as if he wasn't awful for the six months of last season that he did play um, before whatever's happened has happened. And I don't think there's any chance of us ever seeing Ajaria in a Reading shirt ever again. So I, um, you know, it's a bit of a wasted topic, really. Um, but no, I, you know, from what I've heard from people that have seen Smith regularly, he's a bit streaky. So I'm not expecting him to, you know, suddenly score five in the next five games or or, you know, consistently one in each game or anything. But he's just a hold-up striker. He's He's got the pace to work behind. He knows the players. He knows the club. Um, and he's another person that can take the burden off of Kelvin. You know, he's a, he's 25 now. He's not young. He's a League One striker. He knows knows what he's doing. So hopefully it's just another bit of uh, ammunition to put in the armoury. Yeah, totally. That's what we need, isn't it? We need to be scoring a few more goals. I know he got the five against Swindon, but let's be mm-hmm. honest, they were absolutely... They were shit. They really were. <laughs> they were dreadful. Also, would you be starting Guinness Walker at left back now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no question. Um, Guinness Walker was always the odd one anyway. He never seemed, you know, all this rumours of a bust up. You know, I, I haven't heard anything about a bust up and it doesn't seem like it'd be in Nesta's um, personality from what I've, I've seen of him to, to be involved in any rumoured bust up anyway. Um, but he's come in and yeah, he's by far the best left back we have in, in the team. He was he was solid enough in a relegated team from the championship, and he's he's looked you know very good in in a League One team. So yeah, I don't think there's any question. As much as Carson has done a good job filling in, he's not ready to play every single week, and I think he'll admit that. Um, you know, the manager will admit that, and it's nice to to have you know a bit of time out and put in Nesta, who can hopefully um, you know contribute a lot more going forwards with his runs and his um, dubious penalty winning abilities. Yes, yes, there is that. Which is, you know, as a fan, you take them, don't you? When it's against you, you get absolutely <laughs> raging, don't you? I think when you look at Guinness Walker, like Ruben Sellers was saying today that, you know, his attitude's been really good. I've no idea what the issue was behind the scenes, whether, you know, who knows what it was. But I think you just have to try one of them, don't you? Obviously, Tom McIntyre, now not an option. And I would have honestly given him a go, at least... At some point, maybe not now, because Guinness Walker in the last couple of games has done okay when he's come on. He came on against uh, Leighton Orient and obviously against Swindon, all relative. He did fine. So let's go with him. So are we going to be bold, James? I mean, what what are your memories, first of all, of playing Charlton Athletic? Because I can go way back until like into the 90s and have memories of playing against them. But yours would be a little bit more recent. Mm. Would a Eastern European striker in any way appear in them? Yeah, and would a certain midfielder who went to Crystal Palace uh, be in yours? Uh, well, they went to QPR, yes. Well, from, Crystal Palace. Yeah. from Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, no, Dennis Rackles obviously is, is a big one. And oddly enough, I remember the Charlton game. We won 1-0 during COVID at the Valley. Because um, I was annoyed. It was Brian, get... wasn't it? Brian was back for that, wasn't yeah. it? When he was uh, yeah. No, that was Mark. Yeah, it was Brian McDermott for for Rackles. Uh, but the one I'm thinking of during COVID, Mark Bowen was in charge. Um, we actually finished the game with five left backs on the on the pitch, and we yeah, now think we've been calling out for a proper left back for God knows how long. <laughs> we had five, one of which went on to join Bayern Munich, one of which plays in Europe or played in Europe for Hibs, and we're still bloody you know, contemplating whether it's Carson or Nesta Guinness-Walker that plays. Um, so, yeah, that one surprisingly comes sort of on par with the whole um, Kermigan. Kermigan, Kermigan, a hat-trick? He could have had a hat-trick. He had one ruled out, didn't he? Yes, yeah, I think he did. Um, and then yeah. Rackles, obviously, with the, with the last minute. But, yeah, I was more annoyed because the COVID one I had a ticket to, and I've still never done the Valley until Saturday. Uh, Rackles, I, I didn't go to. 
Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to doing a new ground on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, my memories go back to '94. I think the game was in with Simon Osborne scored an absolute mm. screamer, Jilksy. Obviously, now at the club as well with the academy. Oh, man, that was such a good team. That was a really good team. And not just with, you know, looking back relative, they had some really good players on that team. Stuart Level, player of mine, who was uh, always used to love, never gets that much credit. And it, I think it all goes back just to that one moment at Wembley. But let's not bring it down. That was a fantastic <laughs> goal by Simon Osborne. He scored a lot last season. If you're like of my age, you will think he was one of the best midfielders we've ever had. He, he was absolutely glorious. Um, but here we go, James. I mean, I think I know how your prediction is going to go because it's Reading FC we're talking about here. But what are you going to say for Saturday? I'm going to go for a high-scoring 2-2 draw. I think Charlton have scored plenty of goals under, you know, since Appleton's taken over. But, you know, they are still a little bit leaky. Um, and I, I, I fancy us still to score. Uh, you know, all of our games have been, other than Blackpool, relatively you know, tight affairs and, and we have scored, I think, haven't we, in all our away games, I think, from from, from memory. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I fancy us to get on the score sheet. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go 2-2. That would be nice. I mean, I'd prefer mm. a win, but I, right now, if you offer me a draw, I would take it. I wouldn't even bother going. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I will be going. Um, I really want, I'm just going to keep going with my system of two, one away win one day. It will happen because I predicted so many defeats. I'm like, Oh, I just can't keep on doing it. So I'm going to go two, one to Reading. And do you know what? There's a little bit of me that actually thinks it might happen this weekend. I really hope it does. That would be, that would be super limbs as they would say. <laughs> in the way I would recommend if you want to have a listen into our financial Issues at Reading FC. He's a bit of a brave one. Gavin, listen back to our Kieran McGuire podcast, Football Finance Expert, which we recorded last week. And thanks for listening. It will now be Matt with a Charlton Athletic fan talking about the game coming up and giving you the insight on how they're doing. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to part two of the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast brought to you of course by phantom brewery we've now hopped on to the view from the opposition where we look at the opponents that we face this weekend and that's of course charlton um and to review charlton we have got louis from charlton live how are you doing louis hey matt yeah i'm, I'm good thanks uh, thanks for having me on absolute pleasure absolute pleasure it's been a few years since we last played you. It was, uh, I think it was 2020. I think it was COVID last time we we played you at your place. It, I think it was 1-0 in the end. George Puskas, I think it was a penalty in, uh, I think it was about the second or third minute. It was a dreadful game. I remember watching it um, on, on on the older EFL, EFL stream link or whatever it was called. Give us a bit of background, Louis, into what's happened since then. Because it's mm. like I said, it's been a few years. You've kind of found yourself stuck in League One now, but what what's what's happened over the last few years yeah well the, perhaps a similar story to to, to what reading fans are, are feeling at the moment in time but but when we played you that that game during covid uh we, we'd just gone through a takeover um and we had some people in charge um who were extremely dodgy uh there, there was money going out of the club rather than in uh that sort of stuff uh, we got relegated 
uh, at the very end of that season on goal difference, frustratingly, especially because now, now you brought it up. Uh, we, we did score a goal against you that day that was given offside that should have been onside uh, that I remember. Chooks and Ike. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's that's ingrained in my memory because it, it is one it's of the reasons it went down. Yeah. <laughs> that would have kept you up that season. Yeah, it? It, yeah it would have. Was yeah. it offside? Uh, it, it was the, the, the goal was onside, but it was given offside. So, oh, really? yeah, yeah, frustrating one as a rebound. Um but yeah, that that's getting into the the miniature details. But the the, the big picture is, yeah, we got relegated at that point. Uh, we were going through some some very uncomfortable ownership situations where, like I say, there were two major shareholders who had a falling out. Uh, one was accusing the other of taking loads of money out of the club. The other one was accusing the other one of taking just a little bit of money out of the club, uh, but not putting any in. There was all sorts of dodgy shenanigans going on with with cars and flats being purchased out of club funds. Um, when the, the money was running out, basically, um, some, some very shady characters, which I'm sure you guys know a little bit about, unfortunately. So we, we got relegated into into League One. Uh, along came what looked like the saviour. Um, a, a Danish guy called Thomas Sangard took over the club um, via some various legal battles. Uh, he came in with the right intentions, but um, unfortunately, wildly underestimated how much it would cost him and, and how much hard work I think it would be, how much of a structure you'd have to put in place to have the club running sensibly. So we've been sort of meandering around in League One uh, since then. Um, at the turn of last year, so just just after Christmas uh, 2022, uh, the takeover rumbling started uh, with a consortium led by Charlie Mevan, um, mm-hmm. who anyone familiar with Sunderland's uh, Till I Die, the documentary on Netflix would have known a little bit about. He was one of the, I think, executive directors at Sunderland uh, Mm -hmm. at the time uh, when Donald Stewart was the owner and uh, he was like a part, a part owner as well. Um, So yeah, he, he obviously had his history at at Sunderland. He wasn't popular at all with the Sunderland fans. Um, Sunderland had effectively been sold by him by the time they got promoted as well. So he didn't, he, he sort of tries to claim that they got promoted while he was there. But realistically, I think you're looking at the new owner who was in, in major charge at the time. Um, but that's, a, again, another story. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he, he's in now. There, there was sort of like a six-month period between January and now and, and this summer where it didn't look like that was going to happen either. So him and his team came in for about a month around uh, around Christmas, bought in Dean Holden. Then the deal fell through, and Dean Holden was sort of stuck here with uh, with the, with the old owner. Um, but yeah, eventually that deal did go through in the summer. Um, Dean did okay at the end of last season. Turned around a, a difficult start to the campaign from Ben Garner, uh, where we were sort of flirting with the lower reaches of the table, which has sort of become a, a theme for us over the last couple of years. It happened with Nigel Adkins; he got sacked. Johnny Jackson came in, did quite well. I thought was harshly sacked at the end of that season. Replaced by Garner, he started badly. Dean came in, lifted him up, got to 10th, although 15 points outside the playoffs. You know, we were a long way from a side that was ever going to challenge last season. Um, but, you know, people thought with the takeover, with some of the business that we did at the start of the window, you know, signing the likes of Alfie May, um, who's, who's a big goal scorer in this division, Pan Kamara on loan from Ipswich, we thought, okay, maybe we've got a chance. But the summer window nev- never really ignited after the way it started um, and we went into the start of the season, you know, woefully, woefully understaffed in, in various positions. Um, won our first game against Orient, um, one nil at home, but then went on a horrible losing streak. A lot of the issues we were having last season defensively were still there. 
Uh, we lost five in a row after our first game, including a cup exit at Newport County and obviously of League Two. Dean got sacked. Uh, Mickey Apples has come in, Michael Appleton. And and has steadied the ship somewhat. We're unbeaten since he's come in. Um, and yeah, so things are looking looking a little bit more stable now on terms of on, on the field of play. Um, but yeah, that that is a very a very vague overview of what's been going on over the last few years. Well, it's it's crazy. Pretty much almost every every League One club we're talking to, it's just the same kind of almost craziness with owners and kind of struggles and that it's just it, it's a sad place really um mm-hmm. you know league one seemingly so many teams have been burnt so many teams have been obviously had the unfortunateness of having owners like we've got at the moment seemingly we're just the latest in that long line of um clubs to go through that process seemingly but um but yeah no it's good to see you guys have obviously come come through on 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 the positive side of it and have obviously steadied the ship yeah ship is steady i think it was it's still to be proven you know the the new owners have still got to prove themselves it's extremely Mm. early days yet Mm. uh there's there's some good stuff they have done they've brought in a sort of a more stable football background behind the scenes so like a, a technical director like andy scott and and that sort of stuff and senior management on the ground rather than the owner's wife doing it like we had under the, under the last one. Uh, but, you know, in, in terms in terms of you know, when we're going to see the, the real ambition and if they've got the ability to really take us forward, then, you know, that, that that's still that's still to be to, to be seen. I guess the uh, the proofs and the results, isn't it? At the end of the day, yeah. if, if if results come, they'll be that they'll be heralded. If they don't, they'll be they'll be out. They'll wanted out the door, obviously, by, by fans, mm. obviously, uh, quite quickly. Um, looking at this season, though, like like say over the summer i saw a lot of people tipping charlton for or to be pushing for automatic promotions i think on our preview preview show i think alex um had you either second or third you know right up there and obviously some really good acquisitions obviously over the summer you know lloyd jones from cambridge to try and settle those defensive frailties you had last year obviously i think it was 66 i think you conceded last year everyone was saying if you can tighten that up you know, you've got a real chance of pushing for the playoffs or, you know, potentially higher. And then obviously Alfie May, you know, it goes without saying obviously what he did at what he did at Cheltenham the last couple of seasons. What was optimism like obviously within within the fan base and obviously with those players and the, the transfer window you had? Yeah, it's interesting because you, you, you're right that a lot of people were tipping Cheltenham, especially in the the sort of early, early start of pre-season, which is when a lot of um, a, a lot of pods uh, and newspapers will start to do their, their their predictions for the season coming, and I think that was a fair prediction at the time because we had signed Alfie May, like I say, Pan Kamara, who's meant to be very good in this in this division. We've, he's had some injury problems, unfortunately, since he's joined us, so we've hardly seen him. But the, the direction of the travel felt very positive at that point. But like I say, it was never really backed up. So by the time that early preseason joy was was sort of fading away into the start of the campaign and we were looking at you know a side with with two probably 18 year olds starting games you know very young side i think an average age of about 23 in our first few league games um uh, a sense of realism was hitting you know that that transfer window wasn't the sort the sort of window you felt that would get you off to at least a good start you know they 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 filled the squad out since then you know, there was a fair bit of business towards the end of the window. Um, a, a fair bit of, of risks taken, I'd suggest. We've got a few young loan players in from, from Premier League. Um, 
which I think we, we'll see how, how they go over the course of the season. There's a couple, there's one that's really stood out in uh, Louis Watson, who's, who's on loan from Luton. But um, yeah, I, I think that early season optimism was, was sort of yeah, jaded by the fact that the, the transfer window was never really built on at the start. And, and it did cost us, you know, those, those five defeats at the start of the campaign after the, the victory against Leighton Orient, the, the four league, I think they're all by one goal, but they're, they're all they're, they're all games that I think even if 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 Dean Holden had the options up top that Michael Appleton has now to pick from, I, I think we would have picked up enough points for Dean to still have his job um, because we can score goals going forward and we've got a very good front line. Defensively, you know, I'm going to be concerned about that all season. Uh, and Lloyd Jones has proven a big asset to us, but he's pretty much <clears throat> excuse me, the only sort of centre-half that, that, that's properly come in that we've seen so far. We've got one young lad, Irish lad, on loan from Udinese, who we've yet to see play at centre-half, who, who's only 20, so you don't know if he's going to be someone who can come in and completely you know, sort out root and branch a, a back four. But um, yeah, that, that's the end of the pitch that, that still has, I think, a few fans worried. My, my main concern is it's going to be similar to last season, but I think we were probably maybe the fifth top scorers last season, but you mentioned those goals conceded, mm-hmm. and like, Worst defence. Yeah, we don't keep clean sheets. We've only kept two this season so far out of eleven, which isn't isn't a promotion winning defence. So that that's sort of what I I fear could could hold us back this year. Yeah, well, it was 70, 70 goals you scored last season. You know, which that, it puts you in the upper upper echelons, like you say. You, you're one of the better attacks at that point when you add the likes of Alfie May to that squad. You know, uh, there's there's going to be excitement and kind of I guess expectation um, there. But really, since since Dean Holden has been sacked, then you know, very well, it's been much more stable, right? You know, you've had, you've had uh, I think three three league draws, two two league two league wins um and a win in the cup i think in the in in, in the week what what's what's he what's he done um since he's come in appleton to shore up things and steady things or is it a mixture of injuries coming back like you say with um dean holden earlier in the season being a bit unfortunate on that front yeah it, it is I, i'd say i would say it's mainly personnel available to him um particularly like i say up front so i mean alfie uh, has been in since the start. But other than that, our, our three other sort of main strikers now. So Miles Lieburn got injured in pre-season. Uh, he was our second top goal scorer last year, son of Carl Lieburn, who you're probably way too young to have ever heard of, actually, thinking about it. But he's a bit of a Cholton cult hero. Um, and uh, so he's back. Uh, Chuksanike, who, when fit, is just unplayable in, in League One. It's like If he didn't have unfortunate injury and fitness problems, then he would be in the championship without a doubt. And we've got Slobodan Tedic, who's on loan from Man City. Um, you know, he's, he's no Aguero, but he looks he looks a tidy enough League One player. Uh, they had him at Barnsley last season, but we've, we've utilised him off the bench and he, he's been a handful. So the, the fact that Michael can be tight in a game, turn around, look what's behind him, think, right, Chucks is coming on, Lee Burns coming on, and it, it just makes a world of difference. Um, th- there has been a ever so slight, not tightening up, I'd say, at the back, but we, we've conceded few, it feels like slightly fewer goals, I think, because Michael has said it himself, we we, we, we play to our strengths a bit more now, and our strengths aren't, if, you, if you're in the lead or, or you know, got a point to hang on to, you don't sit back on it. Um, so it is just more more attack, more attack. I, I, I think that's what Dean sort of alluded to. He certainly doesn't look to bring on, bring on a, a defender when, when we're 
we, we've got something to hold on to because we're, we're not good enough to do that. Unfortunately, at the back, we're, we're too error prone. And I think that's played a part in it. So, you know, we, we beat Wickham at home a few weeks ago and it was one all going into the last 10 minutes. But like I say, he was able to chuck on those strikers and we really went for it. And even at 2-1 in added time, we weren't sitting back. We we, we pushed for another one uh, exit a few weeks ago. Similar, you know, it was a tight game at 1-1. We edged ahead. They went down to 10. But again, we didn't want to sit back. We, we killed them off with a couple more goals. Um, I, I think that's been a difference. But I mean, even if you look at our last our last time out, and I'm not I'm not counting the uh, Aston Villa game in the League Cup, but we played Blackpool a couple of games ago, uh, a couple of weeks ago, just before the break, and it sort of for me summed up the side we are because uh, we won the doubt. We didn't play particularly well in the first half. We were one nil down from a, a defensive moment where we fell asleep, and, and Blackpool ripped us open quite well and gave it to Rhodes on a plate inside a six yard box, which you can't be allowing. Uh, the second half, we came out really strong and we, we were creating chances. Chooks, uh, Chooks was on the pitch, which, as I say, always makes a, a big difference. Give away an absolutely ridiculous goal by Michael Hector losing the ball on the edge of our own box. But we still have enough quality in the last 10 minutes to get a couple back. And it's got an absolutely superb leveller from Corey Blackett-Taylor, who's, who's been one of the standout players so far this season. Um, that just sort of sums up where we are. We, we are attacking focused and, and that's what we need to be. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair enough. And kind of uh, one one thing really that has been good for you, um, you could say this season, um, and fit for your attack is your home form, fifth in the fifth in the home form league, four four wins, one draw, two losses. Goes without saying, really, compared to uh, Reading's away form, might all point to uh, one result: fifteen goals at home to uh, ten conceded. Um, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see see how how it uh, how it plays out. So. Looking looking ahead to the weekend, what we like to do, we like to pick out a couple of players uh, that, that that Reading fans should watch. We've touched upon a couple of different ones. I think you could maybe add in the likes of um, Dobson in there as well, you know, in the midfield for you guys. This season has been absolutely fantastic, I think, for for, uh, for you guys so far. But if there's one player that really makes you guys tick and uh, Reading could mark out the game, who would, uh, who would you be picking? Yeah, see, that's a tough one. So... I don't want to say Chooks and EK purely because statistically he's much more likely to only be on for about 20 minutes. He, he tends to end games. He started a game against Exeter. Uh, that was his first start since February. And then he, he, he came off the bench the next game. Um, so, yeah, I probably would say, given the season he's had, I would say Corey Blackett-Taylor. Um, he's an absolute dynamo on, on the left on the left-hand side. Um, you know, he's got pace. He's got trickery. What what he didn't have, but I think he's starting to show that he probably does have it now, is that in products, whether it be assists or goals. But he's already picked up a couple of, of, of assists this year. I think he, he must be up to four or five goals now. Um, scored eight last season, most of which came in the second half of the season. Like he, um, he he's finally adding that 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 creativity to to his his game as well. And yeah. I mean, you've you got to check out the goal he scored against Blackpool last time out. Have, have, have a look on YouTube because it's an absolutely fantastic finish. Um, he's got bags of ability, but he can take anyone on the outside. And like I say, his crossing is getting better as well. So when, when he's on his day, obviously he's a winger, so he will have the odd, the odd quiet game. That's the probably the most inconsistent position on the football field. But when he's on his day, he's, he, at this level, again, he's absolutely unplayable. He had a little bit of championship interest in... Uh, in the summer window, towards the end of the window. But um, yeah, we, we held on to him for now. He's into the last year of his deal. I'd be surprised if he's still with us next season because I think 
I, I think he's getting to the stage now where a lower championship club will think I'm going to have a have a look at him. He's starting to add that all round game, which is what was missing in the uh, the first stage. I mean, it's amazing to think we picked him up. He was at, he was at Tranmere. I think I do think I think he turned down a deal at Tranmere, but like we picked him up. I think outside a window as a free agent and, and gave him a couple of months to prove himself, like a six month deal. And he's absolutely like repaid our faith like massively. And you know, I, like I say, I wouldn't be shocked if he moved on to bigger and better things in the in the near future. Well, four goals, two assists for him so far this season. Shirt number, I think, 23 plays on the left. So uh, keep an eye on him, Reading fans. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed we can um, keep him quiet for the game. Um, you mentioned actually earlier a couple of uh, former Reading players as well for those eagle-eyed uh, uh, Reading, Reading fans out there. Ty, uh, Tenai Watson, right back, came through the Reading Academy, had a few years at Milton Keynes Dons, now at Charlton, and also Michael Hector, both Academy graduates and both playing in your first team at the moment. Yeah, um, Tenai is only really coming over the last few weeks. So again, we picked him up, I think, on deadline day um, uh, at right back. It took him a little while to get fit. I think he was carrying something from the season before. Uh, so we've only really seen a handful of it. I thought the first game he came in, he played well. It was that Wickham game. Uh, he came off the bench and uh, overlapped at right back and uh, set up a goal for Tedich, which put us 2-1 up. Uh, since then, he's had a couple of moments, you know, defensively. Uh, unfortunately, you can't put on a Charlton shirt as a defender without then having a couple of moments um, <laughs> where he's, he's just got caught a little bit. But at the same time, I, you know, I think at this level, I think he's a you know, fairly capable right back. He, he should do the job that, that we require of him. So I'm, I'm excited to see him, how he progresses as he gets more fit. Um, yeah, and heck, um, yeah, what can you say about Michael Hector? I don't know how much you saw of him as, as a first team player then at Reading, but... He uh, frustrates, I think, is fair to say. Like considering the experience he has, mm-hmm. um, you know, he played played a handful of Premier League games for Fulham. Um, he, he he seems to have I, I don't know a, a concentration issues. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the amount of times we we only signed him halfway through last season, and um, there there were a few moments I sort of picked up on where. He, he's he sort of got caught out a little bit in goals we conceded, and I think a few of them went under the radar because overall people were pretty pleased with him last season. Like he can he, he can look the calm defender on the ball, but when when you sort of analyse the goals that we give away, you'd be surprised how sort of more often than not he is he is part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's sort of thrown thrown in a couple of absolute howlers this season, unfortunately, where he's um one one where it was just a long ball over the top in front of him and he just completely missed the bounce and the geezer went through and scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I say, the, the the one a couple of weeks ago against Blackpool where he had the ball on the edge of the box and was dispossessed, um, which was frustrating because that was probably up until then one of his better games for us mm-hmm. um, where, where he hadn't given away to, too much because for, for a player of his experience, certainly you certainly should be getting more out of him. Um, so I, I'll hope that barring the absolute howler, that the overall performance against Blackpool is a step in the right direction, but you know you can't you can't be doing what he's done and, and completely negating that. And that's why, you know, overall I do I, I am concerned about our defensive line because other than other than those two, we've got Terrell Thomas, who I've, I can't remember if he was ever with you guys as well. Actually, um, no, maybe, maybe I've made that up. Um, no, and wait, Ty- Tyrell Thomas, he was the right back. Was he? Ter- is he a fullback? 
uh, no, well, we've played him. We've played him as both. I'm going to look it up now. I, 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 in my mind, I think he's played for you, Terrell Thomas. I, I think, I think you're correct. Yeah, there. he I, was. Yeah, he's got a grand total of two league appearances for Reading. Yes, uh, only it was, last year. I think it, it was. Was it under Paunovic? I think it was, was it a couple yeah, of seasons but, ago. Yeah, yeah that, last, that was a weird transfer. Yeah, that was a weird transfer. He joined in. I think it was like. Um, I think it was like March time or something, and yeah. it's like we, we just signed someone who was in League Two the previous yeah. previous season, and yeah, oh my word, yeah. I, That's I, so yeah, so we've got him as backup as well. So uh, yeah, <laughs> so what I'm saying is I'm, I'm I'm concerned about the depth we've got at centre half. Basically, they, they, they they've they've yeah. get, they've gone to the Reading FC school of defending. Yeah, I was going to say which... basically anyone who's ever played for Reading, I think we should try and steer clear of in the future. Certainly <laughs> in defence, because if you look at Reading's defensive record again over the past few years, of course it's going to be bad when you're down at the bottom. But yeah. I think famously, I think it was 21 to 22. We conceded, I think it was 87 goals in a yeah. calendar year. I think it was. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty shocking um yeah. but anyway look, looking looking ahead to the game then predictions um we said on your or, or well we went over the stats reading fans don't need to be reminded of them the stats that we have away from home utterly utterly shocking um I'll rattle them off every time i think it's 18 games since we last won nearly 12 months surely this must be the time um what are you going for for your prediction after i've just rattled off all those fantastic yeah. I mean, even the most pessimistic of Charlton fan who you will always be saying, oh, someone's got her in that terrible run they're on. Sure. I mean, they'll, they'll look unfortunate the situation. It. Yeah. That, <laughs> that you guys are going through. And, and the fact, like, like I say, I think, I think we're playing all right at the moment. So I, I will fancy us to go and win this one. You know, I don't fancy us to keep a clean sheet. So if, if anyone was, was going to get on a Charlton win and both teams to score, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you because that's sort of the way, maybe like a, a two three one to to us. I can see that happening on on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I've not predicted a win away from home for about ten games, and I can't do it again today. It'll probably be. Yeah. Well, I was going to go two 0 to Charlton, but two one. There we go. That that's the most boring prediction I feel you can probably give two one <laughs> to to a team. But yeah, two one to Charlton. Both teams to score. There's there's your uh, there's there's your betting tip for the show as well. Um, Will we finally break the away day curse? That will obviously be determined this Saturday um, at Charlton. A lot of fans going. Um, should have over, I think, two and a half thousand fans going. Um, so should be should be a packed away game um, and a lot of good fun there. Anyway, Louis, thank you so much, obviously, for joining us uh, today. Best of luck, obviously, for the rest of the season. Um, obviously, just not for this weekend, um, as we always say, yeah. I think, to each other on podcasts. Yeah, but, um, but yeah best of luck for the season um if you have enjoyed the podcast remember to give us a five star rating and review on your podcast choice it goes a long way to help us in podcast rankings etc help uh new listeners find us and everything so yeah please do give us some feedback keep an eye on our socials and we will catch you for a review after the charlton game so yeah we will catch you after after that game I've been Matt Lansley and this has been the Unpark Royals preview podcast and uh, we'll catch you on the next one.